That's a good one. Over the year, I need to do better. Yeah, you made it clear. Who could ever beat me if I disappear? No one could do that. Embracing that I'm only human. I've been thriving, baby. Yeah, big moves, big plans, and everything I do. Yeah, self care, let me do and prove. I feel like this was overdue. Got some big moves, big plans, and everything I do, baby. Podcast where we're going to discuss mental health through hip-hop-based discussions. I am your host, Fidel, and I have my wonderful, wonderful co-host, Jose. What's going on, y'all? Fidel, thanks for having me here. I really appreciate it, man. Good to see you, too. Good to see you. Uh, this is like my second, third time in Richmond for real, so just like exploring the city or whatever. It's been a good time. I love how creative people are out here. You know what I'm saying? So, Richmond is definitely, you know, like that for the creatives right here. Um, before we even get into it and we even talk about what we um, trying to talk about today for our topic, go ahead and tell the people um, about yourself a little bit. All right. Well, so basically I work... Um, for 300 Entertainment, uh, which is a record label based in New York. Um, I've been kind of in the music industry for a little while now. Um, I guess my, my first real step into the industry was working for Warner Music uh, my senior year of college, like through an internship program. Um, and it was just like promoting different artists on social media, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, now I do digital marketing for 300. Um, also just looking to step into the A&R space as well. So that's like a, a passion of mine. Um, for those of you that don't know, A&R stands for Artist and Repertoire, and it's basically talent scouting and artist development. Uh, I feel like I should explain that because every time I talk to somebody that's like not really in it, like they don't they don't know that too much about it. But, but yeah, um, so I do that as my main job. And then I also um, host a playlist series called Radio's Dead. Uh, which is a new playlist every single Monday. And, like, it ranges from everything from, like, hip-hop to rock, um, R&B, and honestly, maybe even maybe even country if I'm feeling it one day. It's really, <laughs> it's, really, it's really just what I'm feeling, like, that week or what I'm listening to in, in my car. And, like, the idea just kind of came from, like, obviously, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you turn on the radio and that stuff is just dry, it's just boring. So whatever I feel like listening to that week, I'm going to just put on a playlist and like sequence it and hopefully people enjoy it. So, but that's a little bit about what I do. So, so yeah. Okay. So you, uh, you, you real familiar with the, the music industry then? Yeah, I, I would say I've been in it slash like studying it for a little while. I mean, even before I worked like in the music industry professionally, like uh, I was doing concerts in college and like, helping artists with their projects. Um, one artist that I'm, I'm pretty close to, Chimsy, like, I remember, like, he kind of brought me in this world to, to begin with because I'd always been around artists, but, like, he's somebody that was, was trying to take it to the next level in college. So, like, everything from, like, 
helping him like maybe sequence his album or like pick the songs on his projects to like I think there was even some cover art that I was involved in shooting in. Um it was like it happened after the fact that I knew it was cover art, but I remember I was just taking pictures and like he was like, Yo, this is you know he like organized it and shit and it was like, Oh, this is great, like this is what I want it to be my, my album cover. So like I've always been involved in involved in the artist artist process. Um and that's just kind of how I stepped into the the music industry. Okay, so yeah, you're 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 real familiar with the music biz, um, real familiar with hip hop. Um, so, I guess this your perfect perfect mm-hmm. for our first guest because we're gonna t- be talking about um, identity, right? Um, first, I want to ask you, how do you define identity? Man, how do I define identity? That that's a Definitely a, a layered question, but um, I mean, identity, I'll talk about what identity mean, means to me, because uh, I think for me, it was a little bit complex growing up. Um, so, you know, I'm a black man um, in the U.S., but my roots are outside of the U.S. Um, my father came here from Ghana um, to study in school, um, and even though... Technically, it is a territory of the United States. My mother came from Puerto Rico to the continental states. Um, so both, like, stories of, like, immigration in a sense, um, or at least, like, leaving um, one culture to, to come into a, a completely different one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I lead with that just because I noticed that, especially when it comes to, like, uh, African Americans and black immigrants, like, there's definitely, like... Um, some disparities and there's definitely some some differences in like the way that we were like raised but also to like the way that we we see the events unfolding uh, I know especially like with the Black Lives Matter movement going on I think my parents are, are pretty understanding of what's happening but I know that like people that aren't from here like sometimes don't even understand the issues even though they are black mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and like growing up as like uh, a child of immigrants, but also like within the black community, and like really like identifying as a black man, like I felt like I saw a lot of different sides of that like complex issue. Um, so for me, I- identity is weird too because also too like I'm not a hundred percent fluent, but I do speak Spanish too, mm-hmm. and like I do really embrace those roots because that that family in Puerto Rico is pretty much the family that's like uh, been around just because of the proximity of, of the of the island to the state. So they've been around, like, they're at my graduation, like, always celebrating birthdays. Uh, we go there every Christmas. So, like, I identify heavily on that side. Uh, but, like, when you look at me and, like, when you, uh, you know, it's common in the United States, like, you just assume, like, you know, black people are monolith, but, like, we're not. Like, everybody's, like, has different backgrounds and comes from different cultures. So... I mean, for me, identity really, like, I know it has more to do, or it, I mean, let me rephrase this. I know that identity goes beyond just, like, race and culture, but for me, that's a big part of my identity, and Mm -hmm. uh, that's how I identify personally. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's pretty important to me. Yeah, I mean, you really hit it on the head, honestly, like, uh, just... You know, when I think of identity, I think of just who you are, like, your perception of yourself and, like, just how, you know, the world, 
you believe that the world perceives you. So I mean, I just think that that all com- comes down to like you know your your race, sexuality, you know, all of that, you know, uh, your sex, all of that. Um, so yeah, I think you really hit it on the head. Um, so just to kind of tie it in with like hip hop, I mean, I know that being a teenager isn't isn't easy, and we kind of see that a whole lot from just within our community. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see that a little bit in, within the song. So, like, just growing up, I mean, how did you kind of get to... Because how confident would you say that you are with your identity now? Oh, uh, man. Like, the most confident I've ever been in my life. Like, obviously, you know, it's, it's a work in progress and you got to keep growing and you got to keep finding yourself. But, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't really that easy because, like, I grew up in a in a neighborhood that was predominantly white uh, in in the suburbs outside of Washington D.C., like in Virginia, and, and so it's like when you grow up around a lot of white people, you start to like, you know, those are the only thoughts you hear, those are the only perspectives you hear. You hear that of the people around you, and then your family members. Mm-hmm. So I was new. I was like, okay, obviously, like I'm different, and. You know, my family doesn't necessarily share the same values as, as as those around me. You know, maybe we do, maybe we don't. But I could, you can feel that there is a difference between you and the kids you're going to school with and, and all that. Um, just simply from the fact that, like, bro, I could I could never stay out late. Or I could never like sleep over at somebody's house. I, I, honestly, throughout my childhood and my teenage years, but like. You know, these white kids staying out until, like, past midnight, like, doing whatever. Like, it's just something I, I could never really relate to. So, even on a simple level like that, uh, definitely different values uh, growing up. And then, I guess, getting more complicated uh, when you talk about how that affects your identity. Um, you're not really... The, the conversation about what it means to be, to be black isn't something that you encounter every day. Like... You don't encounter that in the classroom. You don't encounter that amongst your peers. Like, I, I, I very much believe, and even though, like, these were nice people or whatever, like, I very much believe that they didn't really have an understanding of what it meant to be me or, or where I came from, for real. Um, so that definitely affects your identity because, like, you, you start to maybe disassociate from your culture and not truly understand it. So going to college was a beautiful thing because all of a sudden it was like people like me from similar situations, maybe even grew up similarly that were like all expressing, Oh yeah, I also experienced this and all that. And then, you know, in college you have your own battle with that. But like when you got your community to back you up, you know, it's, it's a much different ball game. So yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my, my, my childhood and growing up was interesting. I went to public school up until, until high school. And then, I went to an even, I would say, even more white and, like, more privileged, like, private school. And I feel like that's where I really saw, like, all this stuff happening in terms of, like, where my identity split from other people, for mm-hmm. real. Um, and it was pretty It was pretty interesting. It was in the era, like, it was during the Obama era, but I could kind of see, you know what I'm saying, where 2016 came from. Yeah. Um being in in that circle because i was like these people really like just 
think very differently. And when I was hearing the same thoughts echoed by our current president, I was like, yo, this guy could win, bro, like, for sure. So, I mean, I think it prepared me a lot for my future because now I understand um, a lot of different perspectives. Um, but it's definitely something um, – it's not for everyone. And I know that, like, people that grew up where I grew up or went to school where I went to school, like, do feel some sort of resentment um, towards, like, towards people or toward, like, the way that they were raised because of that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. I mean, you bring up a very um, good point of just, like um, – actually, because, like, you're on the other side of, like, just, like – yeah, I, I forming your identity, you know what I mean? Of right. like just growing up around like a whole bunch of, you know, white people and stuff like that and like, you know, you might feel a little confused or you know, you might not have really have that talk about what it means to be black and stuff like that. But I know like for me on like the other side of things, like I went to all black high school. I mean before that I was like, um it's it's, it's a weird, very weird, weird um just timeline of things. So I was homeschooled before it all, it all, you know what I mean? Like, I was homeschooled from, like, elementary school to, like, my freshman year of mm-hmm. high school, basically, right? So, I mean, you know, staying in the house, I get kind of sheltered and stuff like that. Um, I mean, And we didn't really have those talks about what it meant to be black and stuff like that because, you know, my mom was heavy religious, mm-hmm. you know, so she was just about, you know, we're, she, was, she was basically, like, you know, we, we all the same color. You know, we just Muslim. It, that that's the really thing that divides divides us. You know, mm-hmm. if you're Muslim and not Muslim, you know, we're all brothers and sisters. Right. So, and then when I went to high school, um, I went to all black high school and stuff like that. And I mean, you know, everything was just like it was like a smooth transition. You know what I mean? Because like you didn't really feel like I'm out of place. You know, you go from a black household to like a black, you know, uh, high school. You don't really feel out of place. But I would say one thing that I do know about, like when it comes to like forming my identity, like you know, you you had your different types of blacks. You know what I mean. You had, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, know yeah. you had your, you know, you had your your hood ones. You had your smart ones, stuff like that. So just kind of like navigating through that was was tough in itself because it was just like, yo, okay, like there's there's different flavors of us. I guess you know what I mean. Right, right. <laughs> but that's what that that's what makes it beautiful, bro. Is that like everybody brings their own. Um, you know what I'm saying, personality, background, to the table. I mean, we always want to think of the black community as a monolith, like, as one. But the reality is we're different, and we should embrace those differences for real. Um, So, like, just I I was just laughing because I think that's just a funny way to, like, express it. But, like, for real, I think now more than ever, uh, moving forward, like, in order to support black people we need to be accepting of people of, of all backgrounds even of, of different thought processes too i mean i know that we got this expression that's like what is it like not all uh skin folk is kin folk. yeah right <laughs> uh but i think i think moving forward just kind of seeing where the country is um uh, we do have to you know in a way like open up our mind to to different ideas because like it, I mean, look outside, man. People just don't feel like they're being represented. People don't feel like um, the government is for them. Like, I think it will be important in the future in order to, to repair some of this damage to, to be able to be open and understanding of where someone else might come from. And I think that's that's more the part where I'm trying to get to is, like, in order to support, like, have the conversation, mm-hmm. see why someone thinks 
what they think. And if it's not coming from a place of hate or not coming from a, a bad place, like, have the discussion for real. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's really important of just, like, having that discussion and kind of, like, seeing through the lens of, like, another person. And I really, bro, I really think that's, like, the beauty of hip-hop because, you know, you really get to look through the lens of, like, different communities, different people's backgrounds and stuff like that. I mean, I know for me, uh, one of my favorite people in high school, like, rappers, was 50 Cent and Chief Keefe. Honestly, just because, like, they brought a different type of reality, a different type of, like, lens of the way that black Americans live. You know what I mean? It Facts. was totally different. And, like, I was intrigued. I mean, I wasn't so intrigued to, like, want to be like, oh, yeah, like, I want to, you know, perpetrate and want to be like them. But it was just very intriguing because, like, you know, I came from, like, two-parent household. came from the suburbs. You know what I mean? And, and they came from, like, a holy... Totally, totally different thing. You know, they didn't finish high school. Um, and, you know, they kind of go into, like, why they didn't finish high school, why they had to be on the block, you know what I mean? So it's just, like, it's crazy. I, I mean, I, I love hip-hop for that just because, like, it shows you, like, a different type of identity, you know? Like the, like I said, the flavors that we got of black folks. Right, right, yeah. Hip-hop got so many different flavors. Uh, I would say, so, kind of along those lines, like, I would say Kanye West is probably the first hip-hop artist that I was really, like, listening to, but I distinctly remember in high school, uh, and I was, it's funny, because I just went to the studio earlier today, and I was telling them this exact same story. Uh, I believe, like, my sophomore year of high school, like, I got into this stuff kind of late, but there was this kid from Chicago that went to my school, um, and, like, he, like, basically put me on to, like, Chief Keef and, like, all the other stuff that was going on in the city mm-hmm. around, like, 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was producing uh, music on, like, FL Studio. And he was, like, he, he low-key taught me how to produce a little bit. So, like, I, you know what I'm saying? I found a way to download it. Uh, downloaded it and just, like, I just started making beats. And, like, I was really listening to, like, uh, Chief Keef and, like, those drill beats and just trying to imitate it. And, like... It wasn't good. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a reason I'm not producing anymore. Uh, it's whatever. But uh, I feel like Chief Keef, I, I feel like that experience and Chief Keef's music really changed my life because it really got me into, okay, like, how do I make, how do you make music? How do you mm-hmm. put together a song? Like, like how do you mix and master? It? Like, we used to go to the studio when we were supposed to be studying and just spent hours there and just, you know what I'm saying? Like really try and figure, figure stuff out without any type of guidance, just like the internet, YouTube and what we knew. So pretty cool experience. And I just thought it was funny that you said, uh, chief Keef and 50 cent. Cause like, I remember that chief Keef was like very influential in my own life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 I mean, okay. So since high school, you was doing this, you are not new to this. You are true to this. <laughs> hey, I, I appreciate it, but I'm definitely new to this, man. Like every, I feel like every every step, every chapter, like brings something new. Like, like I said, I was producing beats in high school, and then I stopped. Then when I went to college, like I started doing uh, hosting open mics and like hosting concerts, mm-hmm. uh, which was something I never thought I'd be doing. I had no experience whatsoever, and like. You learn along the way. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 
things happen uh and you grow from it for real mm-hmm. and then after after college like that's when i started to get into the music industry like on a professional level mm-hmm. uh but i really like looking back on it it makes sense right mm-hmm. but like the kid that was producing beats did not think he was going to be the kid that was doing concerts did not think that he was going to be the guy that mm-hmm. is like now working at a record label yeah uh so that's huge. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but um, you know, I guess I do agree with you, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not necessarily new, but every single chapter brings something new. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, that's that's the part of like just life and just growing and just being a better person from like he was, um, you know, before when you was doing it. But you know what? I want to go back to one thing that you actually said, um, just about like you know how you say like Chief Keith was very influential in your life, um. How do you feel personally to the people that, because this has always been an age-old, like, conversation of, like, how hip-hop artists are influencing, you know, the young generation in the wrong way. Um, you know, me and you, we talked about Chief Keef, and Chief Keef kind of influenced us and, like, really, like, paved out, like, a good, you know, part of our life, but it was kind of differently from, like, other people might expect when we talk about, like, how Chief Keef influenced us. Right. So, I mean, what what do you have to say about that? Because, you know, drill, I mean, drill is huge. You know what I mean? Drill was huge. Drill is still huge. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you could, you, could, you could argue that there's a lot of people that, you know, a lot of kids that want to mimic that. Because, like, it's, you know, it's shoot them up. They, they, they tough. They get a lot of money. They get a lot of girls. But you could also argue that, I mean, it kind of influences you in a different way, especially when it comes to, like, your identity. So, I mean, what do you think? Here's what, here's what I think is I think that black people in this country, since the moment of its inception, have had the greatest impact that we've seen on on a culture ever. And, and I think, honestly, like, I would go as far to say, like, worldwide, like, we have some of the greatest impact. Like, um, you know, I, I got to look this up to make sure I'm getting my numbers right, but I believe we're 12% of the population in the U.S. But look at all the music that's playing on the radio. Hip hop is number one. We we're, we're number one in a country where we're twelve percent. Everybody's trying to talk like us, everyone's trying to look like us, everyone's trying to act like us. And for real, I, I think that black people have been impactful since the beginning. Um in in exactly those uh forms, like from talking to the food to the culture, like it's it's all African American and African, and it's all mm-hmm. derivative of that. Mm-hmm. So, black people influencing uh, the overall population is not new. Um, what may be new is the way that black people are expressing themselves in the music. Mm-hmm. If you if you go back, um, you know, in the, in the history of music, like obviously jazz, rhythm and blues, like that's all black music. Uh, and now country, pop, EDM has elements of, of all those things. Um, and so when you're talking about, oh, like this thing, this hip hop, you know what I'm saying? They're saying so many bad words, (laughs) you know, they're talking about guns, they're talking about violence, they're talking about crime. It's like, I, I, I wish people would take a moment to step back and like actually, First, read the lyrics of some of these songs, because mm-hmm. not all of them songs are talking about that. Like, 
you can definitely find diversity within hip hop itself. Mm-hmm. But also to like take a moment to reflect where this music is coming from and what they might be talking about. Mm-hmm. Because I I don't I really don't think that in any hip hop song I don't I don't necessarily think I've seen a glorification of these negative things. Mm-hmm. What I usually see from the people that are really doing it is them telling their story about where they're from and how they had to grow up. Mm-hmm. Now, do we have a lot of kids now that are coming out talking about, yeah, I got these guns, I got these girls. I, yeah, like, that is obviously a part of it. But, like, those people aren't necessarily, like, true to the culture. They're more imitating something that was started from a different place. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I really feel like, Maybe if you want to to change the narrative, maybe it's time to look within the communities and see what could help, how we can be more impactful in these communities. Because obviously, these people don't want to be living in violence or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. if that's your reality, that's what you're gonna be expressing. Yeah, and, and that's really what I feel about music is that it's an expression of like where you're coming from, who you are, who you you're perceived to be yeah you know what i'm saying i love the music that's been coming out lately yeah um my so one of my co-workers uh works heavily with trey songs yeah um and that song uh how many times was you know actually it was pretty beautiful one of one of the more um compelling songs that i've heard come out of this era mm-hmm. just talking about the black lives matter movement but if you if you look at most of hip hop right now, like it's got elements of, of that, like Lil Baby um, with his song, T Grizzly also came out with his song, and there's so many more. And like, mm-hmm. I that's what I wish people would do too is like look into the that type of stuff, the protest music or like the music that's trying to spread awareness and be like, this is also a part of hip hop as well, mm-hmm. rather than just take the negative and and try and make that the big thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of reflection and just of like how rappers kind of like are just telling their stories, um, I kind of want to go into like one of the songs that I that I picked out for this this topic actually. Um, it's actually by G Herbal. I did my my thesis on on this and I did my study, and I just thought it was like really really powerful. Have you ever heard uh, Malcolm by G Herbal? No, I don't think I, I have. What project is that off of? That's off of uh, Humble Beast. Okay. All right. Okay, so Malcolm is a song where he's just navigating. He's actually really telling, like, what I would think that G Herb was telling, like, a story of, like, a typical uh, black man that grows up in Southside Chicago, right? Right. So he just, he really just gives out the layout of, like, how they, how he was, you know, raised, the environment he was in, and just his unfortunate demise at the end of him being uh, arrested, you know, for, mm-hmm. like, after a committed robbery. So... At the end of it, he says, the saddest thing about life, it keeps revolving. Same story, different niggas, same apartments. Same gutter, same group of people starving. Malcolm should have stayed in school and got a job, though. But this all that Malcolm knew. He's from Chicago. Compare and contrast if Malcolm was from a rich town. His whole life was planned out since he was six pounds. Let me break it to the core so he can focus more. At the age he started puberty, he was smoking weed. His eighth grade graduation, he was towing heat. His freshman year of high school, he was posted. Before he, he saw his senior year, his his whole life was over. Um, so I mean, 
just going back to what you said about like how like these rappers are just giving like their testimonies of like what they see. Um, I was about to be in my bag right quick. Let me see what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think that like you know like just going back to like how like a lot of people cr- criticize of like how they're glorifying things when really they're just giving like their testimony of what they see. Um, I mean, hip hop is it, it should should be consumed by everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that like maybe like the downfall of some things of like why we have we have so many people like re, um imitating things things like what um G Herbal said this all that he knew like when you take in like so much of this information of like and because we all know like how the media just is going to put out a certain image you know what I mean right exactly I think that like you know when you're when you're twelve thirteen years old and you just see like this right you need somebody to help you process what you're seeing. Seeing that, like, there's someone that's, like, selling drugs and he got all this money and stuff like that, but why did he start selling drugs? You know, you need someone to help you process that. You need someone to help you process of, like, you know, the the violence that's going on or, like, things like that. It's like, because, like, I mean, I think when you take in that information at such a young age, you know, you kind of interpret it a certain type of way. And if you don't have, like, you know, an adult to just kind of show you that, like, Yo, they they did that because they didn't have a way out, you know. Don't repeat that. You know what I mean? Right. Then I mean, I would think that you would kind of, you know, like us, we would appreciate where they came from because you know it's kind of inspiring for us. Right. But we don't want to mimic it. You know what I mean? We just, but we kind of just know like that's just like their backs against the wall. This is all they knew. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you have like kids from the suburbs listening to this, and then they want to be like. That's cool. Like, I want to start, you know, I want to start selling drugs. I want to start towing guns, whatever, because I seen that in my school. Yeah. Just because, like, <laughs> they looked up to that. And they thought it was cool. I mean, yo, like, they, they just don't know. They didn't have anybody to kind of, like, help them, like, process what they're listening to. And that, so they just take in what they hear from the music or they see in the media as a part of their identity because, you know, they might just be so inspired that, you know, I feel like inspiration, you know, is this is the thing like between inspiration and like imitation, you know what I mean? Mm. So I mean I think that's what we kinda see and that's why, you know, there's there's a lot of parents, especially suburban parents, that's kinda mad at lyrics and stuff like that. Or a lot sure. of white parents that's mad at lyrics. But that's just my my thoughts on that, bro. For sure. It's it's definitely it's difficult, right? Because at the end of the day you know, we we live in a capitalistic country. Like people are trying to make money for real. Like the music industry, the entertainment industry is an industry like any other. Like they're trying to bring in revenue, mm-hmm. and so I think things consistently get taken out of context. Unfortunately, yeah. like Erbo made that song, you know, for himself and to speak to the people. Mm-hmm. But then it's like the label he signed to or whatever. You know. Their job is to like promote it and get it as big as possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let me not just speak on on him and this song because I feel like I don't want to like misconstrue um, and speak for like him or or whatever. But like, let's just say a song that's talking about someone's situation, yeah, which isn't the best. They're signed to a label. That label's job is to promote it and make it as big as possible to bring in revenue, to bring in money. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, they're gonna push it on radio. They're gonna push it on the internet. Like. They're going to do whatever they can to promote it and to make it as big as possible. Now, do they necessarily care what happens when that happens and the cultural impact? Not necessarily because 
at the end of the day, no no company, no corporation really truly cares about their societal impact necessarily. Or mm-hmm. like I guess now we are starting to like move into um a culture where companies uh feel like they should be a little bit more socially aware, yeah. a little bit more socially impactful, but that's usually not the case. And so when that happens when things are put out into the environment, like there's no there's no guardrails, there's no like safety nets or whatever, like I mean it's just being consumed by the consumer. Mm-hmm. Um and so that will affect the environment however it does. So I, I can I can see what people are saying. Um but I, I just don't know. I feel like for real, for real, like I think it's the same argument with video games. Like people will talk about yes. how, Video games, violent video games, like, will influence kids to be violent. But there's just no, like, proven statistics on that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I've heard. And I don't know if there's proven statistics on, on this stuff. I do think that, like, it definitely puts ideas out there, but so do movies. Um, so do any any sort of media that someone consumes is going to put these ideas out there into into people's heads. So, I don't know. I think maybe... As a society, we need to figure out a way to educate people on how this is all storytelling and yeah. how people are trying to express themselves and, and their narrative rather than um, have it be something that people feel like uh, is glorification yeah. uh, of a situation. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely do think that's a very important conversation to have. Um, just to go take a step back of like how you said that, um, you know, um, when you put this art out there, you know, um, especially how like how like labels kind of like put it out there, and you know they they probably want to push a certain narrative, and you know some people might take that in, and some people might like just kind of be like, no, I know what you're doing, I'm not going to like follow that, um, and I mean I know this 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 kind of go bleeds into like a different um, episode I had for like, internalizing, but mm. I wanted to ask you anyways. Um, just growing up and like actually not even growing up still, like still being a black man, like how do you kind of navigate and like through not internalizing some of these stereotypes? Because I mean, I know for me in high school and college, you know, it, it was kind of hard to like not internalize some of these stereotypes that you might see from rappers, that you might see from the media and not see like maybe what is either the good or bad stereotypes of black men. Of like just not taking it in as your own as your own identity. I mean, I know, I know for me, <laughs> bro. Like, you know, the stereotype of black men being you know played and stuff like that. Oh, I wanted that to be me for the longest. I ain't gonna hold you, yo. Like, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, you you see you see people talking about this, that, and third about girls. Like, it's a very it's a very cool image for sure. Yeah, uh, which is further shows like how impactful like black people have been in this country because like they like that those images that were being put out especially like when hip-hop first started like blew up and became like these cool images or whatever um i don't know i i feel like personally like this may not be a answer for everyone but like i'm very rooted in in values and in my, Mm -hmm. my family for sure uh and so it's like Anything that I hear outside or anything that um, I encounter outside, like, usually, like, when I was growing up, I'd have a conversation for real. I'm I'm pretty transparent with my family, just, like, in terms of what I'm going through. Um, 
but also what I experienced. Yeah. Because I think it's important for them to understand too uh, what I what I may be going through because I think it could help them. But yeah, it, it's I feel like for me it was always about having a conversation about what they thought about stuff. Um, and like even if it wasn't like my parents necessarily like. You know, I have my sister, and I got friends that are basically like family. Yeah, you know? yeah. So anybody, anybody that you see around me, um, you know, I feel like they also rooted in those values, and like they're people I could talk to about all that type of stuff. But I, I mean, I don't know, man. Life is a journey. You you learn, like you learn what's what's right and wrong. The question is whether you choose to 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 listen. Oh yeah, definitely. For real, definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, let me let me ask you a question though. Like, what are, is there something specific that you're trying to dive into when you're talking about? Oh, like I want it to be like this, or like uh, perpetuating certain stereotypes in rap music, or, or what? Uh, I mean, just the um, yeah, just just the overall of just you know, I think that a lot of black men. I mean, I'm not gonna speak of black women. Um, but I think I'll just say a lot of black men do fall in that trap of projecting these stereotypes. Uh, I read a study, you know, cause you know, I do got my master's, you oh, know, yeah. I do, yes, do a whole lot of research, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I read this study of how like, um, a lot of black men actually perpetuate some of these stereotypes of being hard, of being aggressive, of being angry. Um, because it's like a coping mechanism because mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, you're already going to think of me this way. So instead of you try to use that against me, I'm going to just go ahead and fall into it. I'm, I'm going to lean into it, you know, mm-hmm. and be that. So that way you can't, you know, if you call me ain't shit. Oh, I already know. You know what I mean? Or if you right. call me, if you call me a gangster, I already know. Like, right. that's, that's what I've been, you know, that's, that's my aspiration. Right. It makes sense. Um. Now, are you saying that this comes from the music, or are you saying, like, just in general, like, society projects these stereotypes, and we're like, you know what? Yeah, that's me. Is that kind of what you're saying? Um, Yeah, just all in all, man, man. Um, Definitely, like, I mean, definitely the music, definitely the uh, media. I'm just addressing all of that, like. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know I know hip-hop, for me, um, actually helped a lot with that uh because i saw so many different perspectives because uh, at the time when i really started listening to to hip-hop music um and obviously i was aware of these people before but i never really got into their catalog mm-hmm. and these are huge names now yeah but so i feel like chief keef was kanye west first then like chief keef was like all right like i really really like this music like i'm trying to dive into it more and, like, before Chief Keef, like, obviously someone like Drake, who uh, definitely broke a lot of the, like, stereotypes about what it meant to be, like, somebody in, in the rap game c- c- came along and was, like, singing on tracks mm-hmm. uh, when it wasn't something that was necessarily cool to do. And now you have a whole lot of these rappers slash singers slash, like, rock and roll stars that are coming out and, and continuing to like break these stereotypes and like yeah for sure hip hop is always I think there's always going to be an element of like being hard or whatever but I definitely find solace in in, in artists like uh, I guess right now someone like 
Trippy Red, for example. Okay. Like, Trippy Red is somebody that, like, yeah, we'll talk about a whole lot of different stuff um, that may be, like, the typical, okay, this is what hip-hop is about. But, like, he has some, like, ballads, for real, and some, like, very, like, uh, rock-deriven music that is just completely the opposite of that. You have, actually, this is a better example of something that's going on right now is uh, Rod Wave. Okay, okay, talk about it. <laughs> Rod Wave um, is somebody that's breaking out of all those all those stereotypes or whatever. I mean, this man basically, you know, shout out to Rod Wave. Uh, shout out to <laughs> Just Rod in Wave. case he hears this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But this man, sometimes it sounds like he's like almost crying on the track. Like you can really feel his pain. And like he's talking about a lot of things that happened in his life, but he's not trying to be hard about it for real. Mm-hmm. Like he's just trying to let you know and like, he has an amazing voice too, so he's yeah. showcasing that every step of the way. Um, and so, and man, I'm blanking out on like artists in my past that were kind of led me in this direction. But I just saw, I always saw so much diversity in hip hop. I always saw so many different acts and so many different people that were showing me that man, like you don't gotta be one thing. Like, like I said earlier, like being black is is not just one thing. Like we have such a diverse group of people for a minority group. And it's just, I think it's all showcased in hip hop for real. Um, you take, we, uh, we brought someone to Virginia tech, um, named Masego, mm-hmm. um, yeah. who's actually a pretty big name now, but, and that's jazz influence, but like that's hip hop too, as well. Uh, someone like Smino is definitely breaking out of all the stereotypes of, you know, the the hard black male, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It, I think in 2020, it's definitely cool to just be yourself in hip-hop, mm-hmm. for real. And that's why when I see a lot of these these younger artists trying to be this, that, and the third, I'm like, man, like, you, you don't realize, like, mm-hmm. how lucky you are to live in a world where, like, you could really just be yourself and mm-hmm. make it. Because that's not what the game used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, definitely not with the game. Um, actually, you know what? Let me take a step back. I think that um, I think okay, maybe, maybe in the nineties, I think it was a little bit harder to kind of be yourself a little bit in mm-hmm. hip hop. Well, I mean, especially when it comes to talking to, like identity. But I mean, honestly, like, actually, yeah, 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 you're right. I think I think it is differently because like. Just th- thinking back on it, you know, when LL Cool J, <laughs> when he came out with uh, I, I I Need Love, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yo, they was really trying to climb my man. Yep. He, like, like he was soft. And then he came out with that next album, like, with Mama Gonna Knock You Out. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, he's like, yo, I still got it. Right. But um, I think that, um, yeah, actually, yeah, t- I think today, I mean, it's it's so beautiful because, I mean, I really, I, I'm really inspired by people by... Uzi by Cardi and Thugger that's unapologetically themselves. They are really like, this is me. This is the clothes that I like. You know what I mean? This is the this is the way I like to have my hairstyle. This is the way that I talk. Like, and you know, you guys are not gonna play me. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like a mixture of both worlds. You know what I mean? Like, you you got the um, you know what they what they say um happy. Was it, was it uh, Black Boy Joy? Uh, you, you, got yeah. the, you, know, you know, you got the Black Boy Joy. You also got the toxic masculinity at the same time. So, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it. but I mean, 
you know, maybe eventually, you know, we we get rid of the toxic masculinity. But I mean, it's cool that you know, like you said, you just it's it's cool to be yourself now. Like you have like so many different um, muses you can pull from nowadays mm-hmm. that you can show that like you know your identity. If this is how you want to portray yourself, that's you. You know what I mean? And own it. You right. gonna be alright. <laughs> exactly. Yo, uh, one thing I gotta say is, man, I hope that Young Thug gets his flowers, bro. Because I really feel like he's he's starting to get them now. But this is an artist that has not only defined uh, a decade, but is gonna has redefined hip hop. I, I think. Talk about it. I think. I mean, not only has he um, redefined the sound of hip hop, but he's also bringing up a whole generation and mentoring them and educating them on on what it means to be in the game. Uh, and that's something that how I don't even know how old he is for real, but I know that he's below thirty. I think he's like below thirty, 20, definitely twenty seven. Maybe like, that right now. Something like that. Yeah. Um. And to be doing all that work at such a young age, um, it's really inspiring. Yeah, 29. Not to mention, uh, 29. 29. Okay, so yeah, below 30. I got it. I got yeah, it. you did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be redefining the sound, to be mentoring people, to be redefining the look, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, man, the guy wore a dress on his album cover and like has not apologized for it. Not apologized. And has... Shown people that, man, you really can't box me in. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And I'm still, I'm still hard. I'm still masculine. Like, I'm still all of this. Um, This is just who I'm choosing to be. And I think that's really inspired. I mean, you can, you can see the inspiration in, in all these people, man. Yeah. Lil Baby and Gunna are like the obvious ones. Uh, You got Lil Keed. You got Saw Baby. Um, And you got just a whole bunch of different... Honestly, I would say Uzi in a li- in a way too yeah, is, yeah. is greatly inspired by Thug. So it's just like I hope that that man gets his flowers for real. I, I really do because um, just even going back to what we was talking about, love like you know, um, taking um, you know people like tes- you know testifying about like how they you know how they grew up and like where they came from stuff like that. Um, that story of Thugger, I uh, don't, okay, I think you probably know it better. That, that story of Thugger giving baby money and basically saying, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Bro, like, I mean, that's powerful right there. That's right. like, that's like, yo, I mean, speaking of identity, that's like, yo, I know where you came from, you know what I mean? And I know what you're doing, mm-hmm. but, yo, I want to see you do better, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't who we are. This isn't who you are. This is, you could be something better. Right. And I mean, Yo, Thugger's just dope, man. <laughs> nah, for real, for real. That that is a that's somebody that has changed the game forever, man. Yeah. Um, so again, like, I hope he gets his flowers. I hope this man gets more awards. Like, I think well, he has one Grammy, but I, I mm-hmm. feel like he's deserving of a lot more, bro. He is. He is. And I mean, I just I just think that the fact that people like Thugger Thugger got a Grammy. Um, Future got a Grammy too, right? Future did get a Grammy, bro. The the fact that Future got a Grammy off of uh, the Black Panther project is hilarious. Yeah, because his verse on that song is just so like so different. It's so absurd, almost. Um, in terms of the other music he's been making, like mm-hmm. 
But I mean, at the end of the day, like that is a part of the song you remember. Like yeah. I'm not gonna lie. So it's just another one of those things. Like the innovation there is incredible. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we look at them and just getting that. Like that. That has to be doing something for something for the kids and just for the black community self esteem. Like you know, somebody that's such that's so unapologetically black that didn't like really have to play the game to get a Grammy. I mean. That's dope. I mean, I think that a lot of us we we grow up with this um, hearing that you know you gotta you gotta be this way. You know, you gotta tone it down just a little bit. You know, if you want to get here, which is I mean, there's some truth to that. But Young Thug getting a Grammy is is proof that listen, you don't gotta tone down shit. You gotta tone mm, down nothing. Facts. <laughs> facts. Facts. Uh, yeah. No, I know, man. That that actually brought back a lot of a lot of memories. When you were talking about like just you know you gotta tone it down you gotta tone it down to do this that and the third, it's so crazy because um there's many examples of this but like even recently like um you know like I think there's been like a revival of like hairstyles in, in the black community for mm-hmm. real I don't really know when it started but like people be growing their hair out they get the tapers they get the fades. They twisting it up, locking it up, or whatever, dyeing their hair. Cutting like, their hair, like, cutting girls their hair. cutting their hairs. Shout out to the girls that's cutting their hairs. We love it. No, I, I love it, <laughs> bro. I, I really do. That's one of my favorite looks, hey, to be listen, honest. Hey, listen, man. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, it's like, man, like, there's so many different styles. But I remember, and, like, I don't necessarily remember who I had this conversation with because I know this came up a couple times, but, like, I had... I had people that were, like, interviewing for jobs, and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm probably going to, you know, they had their hair all going out or whatever. They're like, yeah, I'm probably just going to cut this off. You know what I'm saying? Just get the low cut, maybe some waves, but that's it. Um, and not that that's a problem, but, like, that sentiment was echoed so much. And I was like, what is it about your hair right now that, you, that makes you think that you can't get a job? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's small things like that that, are really ingrained in us. It's like, oh, like, nah, this is too much. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to tone it down uh, in order to, to take the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that these things are, are true in a sense. Like, it's obviously not something your employer is going to say to you. Yeah. But may, maybe they're like, ah, you know, something about them, like, we, we ain't really like, but this other person over here, they seem like somebody that fits our culture a little bit more. That's kind of yeah. what they... they those are, those are kind of like the the terms they use. Like, oh, nah, they, they probably fit in a little bit more here or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're never going to say stuff like that. All right. Um, so I, I do think things like that are sad because I, I think it shows that we do have a ways to progress um, as a society uh, in allowing everyone to be themselves. Because that's really just the surface of it. Mm-hmm. Like, in the workplace or not even in the workplace, like, just in general, like, we don't allow people to be themselves. Like everybody's got to conform. Um, I think one of the exciting things about um, the new generation um, and especially that I've seen in the uh, LGBTQ community is uh, that there is a very wide range of self-expression. Yeah. Um, And to the, to the point now where, and this didn't always used to be the norm, so that's why I'm saying this, but to the point where it's now normal to be like, yo, these are my pronouns, this is what I, I want to be called, like, this is what's respectful. Mm-hmm. And people are outright respecting it and being like, yes, mm-hmm. like, we understand, we see you, we value you. Um, 
And I think that that's super important um, in terms of, like, moving forward as a society. Just, like, we need to just allow people to be themselves, man. Allow people to express themselves. And, I mean, in the workplace, if it's not interfering with the work, man, like, you got to do the same thing. Uh, Because I know that I was told to tone it down or, like, speak this way. Oh, really? Like, not not from anyone I can identify, but I, I just remember that. I've, those sentiments have been echoed in me, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm all about the self-expression. Uh, I love that I work in an industry that, like, allows me to be expressive. I mean, I don't even think there's anything that loud about what, I, what I'm wearing right now. But it's just, like, if I wanted to wear this, I could. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, that's it. definitely dope. That's definitely dope. And, I mean, just, just thinking about, like, just, you know, not toning down and, you know, um, just being unapologetically black is just—it's just so beautiful. But um, just to go back to the music, um, you know, okay. I—I I mean, you already know this. I—I'm not the biggest Kendrick fan. You know, I'm really not. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> we're here. We're here. <laughs> but um, actually, I did this for my—I did this song for my thesis too. And actually, I listened to the song because one, one of my mans, uh, shout out to Satora. You know, he told me to go ahead and listen to the song, but um. He told me to listen to Black of the Berry, right? Right. And it's a wild ride, you know what I mean? It's, it starts off like, bro, is on like we like we talked about unapologetically black. He's not toning it down, you know. He's like, yo, I, you know, I love my big ears, you know, my dark skin, all of that. But towards the end, you heard it before, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. towards the end, it's like it takes like a wild left, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna just go ahead and read this right here. So. Um, so this is like just towards the end of like the second verse, I think. So he says, "So don't ma- don't matter how much I say, I like to preach for the Panthers or tell Georgia State Marcus Garvey got all the answers or try to celebrate February like it's my B day or eat watermelon, chicken, and Kool Aid on weekdays or jump high enough to get Michael Jordan endorsements or watch BT because urban support is important. So why do, did it?" Did I weep when Trayvon Martin was in the street? When game banging makes me kill a nigga blacker than me, hypocrite. Um, so I listened to that song and I was like, "Yo, wow, that's I, I wasn't expecting that." And that's I mean that's very true because like we talk about being unapologetically black, we talk about being like just very like, yes, this is me, black power and stuff like that. Right. But it's just like, you know, we do we do things, that, um, you know subconsciously or consciously of like how we sabotage ourselves and our our own community. So but before we get into like I just want to ask you that question. Right. Um how what are your thoughts on us on black people like sabotaging ourselves? Like personally, like individually yourself. You know what I mean? Like when when I ask that, I mean things of like I know I could think about it. I know me like for the longest, you know, I wasn't comfortable you know, coming out with my do-rag on, you know what I mean? Like, I was mm-hmm. like, I felt like, I personally felt like that was sabotaging myself because, like, I'm toning down my blackness to make someone else feel comfortable, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. Um, And then when I talk about, like, sabotaging your community, I'm I'm thinking about, um, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, <coughs> shooting, you know, black women in the foot. You know, you know that's definitely sabotaging your community right yeah, there, right? For sure, for or sure. like homophobic, saying homophobic things or whatever, you know, stuff like that. So, what is what is your thoughts on that? Um, what is your thoughts on that? What do you think it 
comes stems from what? What is it? Uh, all right, wait. You gonna have to go back just a little bit, like, and, and repeat the question. Just like, what are my thoughts on kind of that Kendrick line, essentially? You know what? Um, let's let's start let's start with the Kendrick line. Go ahead. Start with the Kendrick line. Okay. What's your thoughts on that? Oh man, I mean, shout shout out to Kendrick too because this is a, a great album. To mm-hmm. be honest, uh, I feel go like, back and listen to it. Yeah, I feel like it didn't get the the praise. Um, but for real, I mean, I, I do I do think that there is an element of self sabotage, um, and I I think it's it, it's difficult to express this sometimes. But like, I don't think it's necessarily uh, pur- purposeful. Um, like for for example, like I think that a lot of people like I think that unfortunately, like in the United States of America, like a lot of the black experience has been pain, you know what I'm saying, and so when it comes to self sabotage or whatever, and this kind of relates to what we were talking about before, um sometimes you do onto others as has been done onto you okay okay um, uh and so. I think what that means is like sometimes you got to go back and look at the condition and be like, man, like how was this person raised? And like, where's the self-sabotage coming from? A lot of black people, for example, I noticed, I actually noticed this in private school is um, private school was the first time in my life that I had seen so many people diagnosed with either ADD or ADHD. And I was like, yo, like, what's going on here? Is it, like, do these kids just have it more? And then I, I thought about it, and I was like, well, I mean, these kids have access to the resources to to get them the medication. First, they can afford it. And second, it's like a simple doctor's note. Like, yo, give me this. It's going to get you that Adderall, get you whatever you need type thing. I think that a lot of times in the black community, we – kind of put this stigma on mental health uh, to the point where, like, man, I don't... My child doesn't have that. Like, what you talking about? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, he just... He's acting up in class. Yeah, I mean, he just... That's him. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe we we need to put him in sports or, like, maybe we need to do this, that, and the third and, like, just, just, like, get it out of him. You know what I'm saying? Um, And so I I think that, especially when it comes to mental health, there's pain in that um, because it's, like those uh, there's no outlet um and there's no defining what the problem is for real um and so i think that can lead to elements of self-sabotage like if you suffer from depression but someone's like or your parents are like go depressed in dishes you know what i'm saying like or like they just kind of dismiss your feelings and invalidate your feelings like I think eventually that's going to lead to self-harm, self-sabotage in, in some way. It might not be physical, but it might be mental. It might be spiritual. It might just be like you don't progress in life because your needs were never addressed. Um, I think in the in the black community, sometimes needs are not addressed. And we can't use that as an excuse necessarily for all the mm-hmm. wrongdoings and all that. Uh, but if you address these problems, you will see um, you will see the other issues that come with it go down. Yeah. Um, so that's what I think about like self sabotage in, in general in the black community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I definitely feel that. Um, 
that, like, just, like, your needs are not met, and, I mean, you, like you said, you do want to, you know, what's done onto you, and, like, I mean, it's just, like, a, you know, a cycle of things that's going on, um, and yeah. if that, if it's not, you know, if it's not checked and if it's not addressed, um, you know, it's just going to keep on going and going, and I did, I like how you said it wasn't, you know, it's not always intentional, so, I mean, right. I think that, um, you know, like I said, like like you said, I don't want to excuse anybody's, you know, behavior or anybody's wrong, you know, wrongdoings onto somebody else or any anybody's trauma that they might have put onto somebody. But I do think that, I mean, sometimes it, it isn't, you know, intentional. You know what I mean? I think that sometimes that's just like, that's all you know kind of thing. And it goes back to like, it, this is like a repetitive theme of like that we talked about tonight. It's just that, you know, that is all you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, um, and I think that a lot of times, like, especially, I think self-sabotage a lot of times comes out of frustration. Right. And um, this bleeds into another podcast. But, like, um, when you're frustrated, you, know, you might hurt other people, you know what I mean? You might hurt your community. You might sabotage your community. And, you know, you might not always mean it, but that's just, like, you know, your, your readily available uh, response. Yeah, yeah. I actually do want to take a moment to address something else because I, I want to make sure that I, like, make my opinions, like, clear. Yeah. Because uh, you did mention the shooting in the foot, and, like, that does go back to, like, something that's going on that's very current, which is the whole, like, Tory and Meg situation. Um, Let me just be clear that, yes, I do think that Sometimes things are not intentional and that self-sabotage may be because of needs that aren't addressed. But, like, I just want to make sure that 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 idea is uh, separated from that incident because that incident is whack. And, like, we we definitely have to say that out loud. Even if we don't know how to fully express Mm -hmm. our feelings or, like, even if we feel like, man, I don't want to say the wrong thing or whatever. Like, I think in some way we have to at least come out and acknowledge that we don't agree with this behavior. Like we're not a part of this behavior. Like we are going to do what it takes to make sure that this type of stuff doesn't happen again. Cause for real, I think that, um, these issues are usually private matters, but when celebrities are involved, they become public and people see them as reflections of what, what may have happened in their own life. Uh, so when, when we're on the internet or something and you, you see someone reposting, like, oh, man, this new project from Tori, like, it's dope. Like, think about how a woman sees it, specifically a black woman. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You're in support of not just the music, but what he did. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people go through trauma in their life that they may not, they may or may not share to you. And, like, this may remind them of something, of an incident of, you know, of an abuser, whether it's a you know, I don't know, relationship, uh, parent or something. So I just wanted to just come out and say, like, man, like that whole incident, the abusive woman, and then taking it and trying to profit from it, man, that is so whack to me. Yeah. Um, and I just really hope that in this case, justice is served. Even though I personally do not have all the facts, like, I just hope that, um, you know, I hope Meg gets her her dues in terms of like that this process is is uh looked all the way through and that Tori gets the repercussions for his actions because for real she's had 
an amazing year. Yeah. Amazing two years for real. I remember I started, I heard about Megan um, first on Wale's song called Pole Dancer. Yeah. Like, uh, did, we, did we talk about this already? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we, we talked about, about this last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, nah, that's crazy, though. We we really been talking this weekend, but I found out about Meg when I was working for Warner. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd never heard of it, never heard of her um, until that moment. And then, like, we started promoting some of her other songs at Warner, too. And I was like, yo, like, there's really something here. Like, this is, this is you know, this is incredible. And then I, I started to see, like, people at school and, like, people on the internet really yeah. rallying around this girl. Um, and, like, that summer, it really just took off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole hot girl summer and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, like, to see that, like, basically, like, last through the summer, last through the fall, last through the winter, last through quarantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now she's recently been named Time, like one of the top 100 influential huge, people this year. Like, huge. bro, I don't, I don't think that people really understand like how big of a deal that is. Like, yeah. she's really become an icon in our society. And sometimes I feel feel for her because I don't personally know her, but I do know that like it is a lot of pressure to like be that symbol and, and carry that burden. And I think that. She's done a tremendous job. So yeah. shout out to Meg for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meg, that's that's the homie right there. She she's dope as hell. Yeah. Um so okay, so we are nearing the end of this very great this is this was like really, really great. No, nah, this is this is amazing, man. <laughs> uh man, I already told you, but I'm gonna just say it on the record. This is my first uh podcast interview like any any type any type of this type of media like this is my first time doing this for real and so like i really appreciate you inviting me on and like just giving me a chance to just talk uh because i usually don't get to talk about hip-hop for real i mean during quarantine it's very much been like you know work 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 and like try and network with people and like you know i'm saying doing this all online but i don't think i've gotten a chance to like sit down and talk about how I may be feeling about the current situation or, like, you know, this topic of identity yeah. within hip-hop. Yeah. Uh, we we need to, as a society, like, we need to figure out a way where we can, like, really take some time to break some of these things down, like, some of the messages that these rappers, these artists are giving us because, for real, like, I just really feel like hip-hop, like, embodies the human condition, the black human condition, but like it really extends to everybody. It's like hip hop has become a culture for everybody. It has, man. It has. There's elements of it all across the world, and it's it's so big now that it's gone across the world and come back. Mm-hmm. You look at the drill scene in New York, which is derivative of the drill scene in the UK, which is derivative of the drill scene in, in Chicago. They even got drill in Africa. Now. Yeah. Like, where was that at? Um, I don't know where that video was from. I think, it, <laughs> I, think I saw, a, like, a drill, like, video from, I think it was Ghana. Because oh, I remember Ghana, somebody okay. somebody posted it that was Ghanaian. Like, I think that's where it's from. Okay. And then you've got Afrobeats, which is derivative of hip-hop, but it's coming back to the States, and it's mm-hmm. just really making noise right now. you got... Uh, reggaeton, which has been around for a while, but mm-hmm. like derivative of hip hop, went to Puerto Rico, 
and now it's coming back to the States in a big way. So it's just like, it's really a beautiful time. And despite everything that's going on right now, currently, like, I really think that hip hop is always going to be around and it's been a great outlet for a lot of people and a way to get through this and a great way of self-expression. And it's always for the people, you know, you never gonna, you never gonna take it away. You never, never. gonna take that fact away, man. This is really a music for the people. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, you actually, you know, see this, this, you know, you like, Kobe, my shack, like, you know, you out here, like, <laughs> that, I, this is perfect, because, like, I, I mean, I was just about to say, like, um, you know, because I want to leave people with um, just a takeaway message, and I think that, like, all podcasts should do that, but, I mean, I, definitely this one, because, you know, we're talking about, this is, we're trying to tie in mental health and hip-hop and stuff like that, but, I mean, when it comes to, you know, mental health and identity, um, what what's like your takeaway of that you just want people to kind of like understand like especially when it comes to um identity and mental health because like we know that can really impact so many things you know your your identity can impact your mental health in ways of, of like you know you can be anxious about your identity you can be mm-hmm. depressed about your identity you can be angry because of your identity and what's just something that you want to tell the people in like in regards to Mental health and identity. Man, uh, that's a big one. If I could go back and just talk to my younger self, like maybe my teen years, like kind of that transition period, like middle school, high school type thing. Um, you know, I, I would want to tell myself that, like, don't worry about what other people think. Like, do you, your identity is forming. Um, and... You know, that's going to come with its own, like, little battles, little struggles. But for real, I feel like that's not even the right message. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like you need to, uh, when it comes to when it comes to identity specifically, like, you need to just absorb everything that's around you. Like, I, as a kid, man, like, you need to. Okay, okay. If you're, I don't, I don't care what, where you're from, where you're growing up, man, like, I was a black kid growing up in a predominantly white neighborhood man i feel like you take everything that's going on within your family you take everything that's going on outside and you just take that and let that let that form you but keep your values for sure uh because there's there's definitely stuff that's important to draw from everybody um definitely different things i i mean i remember one of my uh best friends growing up was from Thailand, and that food was crazy, bro. Like, <laughs> I, like I never Ooh, experienced. I, love Thai food, I never experienced anything like that. Like, um, in terms of like his culture and like, I mean, like I would go to his house to eat all the time, uh, and never experienced anything like that. So I drew, I drew from that. Um, I, I would say that like, just growing up in the school system that I did, like, it gave me a structure and it gave me. Um, a rigor to like do well and, and to be successful or whatever. Uh, I when I would go home, you know, what I'm saying I would like talk to my mom in Spanish and like try and learn that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying so I don't know if that message is if my message right now is clear in terms of identity, but I would just say like, man, don't worry about what, don't worry about necessarily like who you are and like who you're trying to become, but just let let it let it happen to you. 
because I think that when you when you let that when you take that stress out of your life, like man, I gotta be this, I gotta be this, I gotta be that. Like I think that's when you become your true self, because mm-hmm. um, you're not you're not so stressed out, you're not so worried about the world around you. Um, in terms of mental health, uh, I think the message is a little bit different. You you gotta you definitely gotta learn how to take care of yourself. Uh, and this can be difficult for somebody that may be going through some mental health issues that mm-hmm. I might necess- not necessarily be familiar with. Yeah. Um, but I think for everybody, there is a, a sort of safe, safe place or a safe space, uh, that they, they can go into, um, and an outlet that they can express themselves in. For me, it was hip hop. Yeah. Like, uh, yep. no matter what I was doing, I was always involved in, in hip hop and in music and just like using that as my creative outlet, whether it was making beats, um, or like helping other people in the studio uh, or like whatever I could get my hands on, like that was my creative outlet. Some people aren't necessarily creative, but they find solace in like, uh, I don't know, being alone, maybe taking a walk, mm-hmm. uh, reading books. Uh, so like, I think that even though you don't always want to be in your comfort zone for real, like just try and find that that outlet um, that is kind of your escape from the everyday trials and tribulations that you may be going through because yeah. you never know. Cause for me, that outlet ended up being my career. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and I know it's not as simple as that. I wish I could like speak on, on a more, more profound level to some, some people and like help people in, in with their own specific situations. But that is some advice that I have to offer because it's hard growing up uh, in this world, especially with, you know, everything that's going on from our president to uh, the virus that's going around, even sometimes social media in itself can be okay, right. can be a plague on the mind. But you got to find ways to step outside of that uh, for real, because otherwise all this stuff is going to drive you crazy. Um, so, yeah, I would say find that outlet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, shoot, man, I'm just going to go ahead and piggyback off what you said. It's um, I because re- I really like what you said of just absorbing everything. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, especially when you're, especially as you're young. You know what I mean? I think that um, that's definitely what I did. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, just absorb everything that I got from, you know, what I mean, just anybody. You know what I mean? If it was, if it was Kid Cudi, if it was my dad. You know what I mean? If it was Fifty Cent, if it was Drake. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just taking everything of like, of what you kind of see of like what it means to be black, you know what I mean? Like, right. What what we do as black people, like how we how we act, you know what I mean? Like um, you know what I mean? Like like our feelings, you know what I mean? Our upbringings. Like you, if you take all of that in and you know you kind of sift through it, you know, of course, you got you always got to sift through the good, sift right. through the bad, stuff right. like that. And just like, but I mean, if if you just like like you said, if you just not afraid of just to like let it get on you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then I mean, you you know, you, you're not going to be as, you know, just tying in as with, um, like, mental health. You know, you're not going to be, like, I feel like you wouldn't be as, like, anxious about who you are or you wouldn't be as, you know what I mean, worried about, you know, who you want to be or who you are because, like, you're just letting all of this, like, you just, you know yourself, like, this is all of the makings of who I am because, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like, there's all all these different shades, all these different flavors of, like, black people, and you're just like, okay, I identify with this. You know what I mean? Just because, like, 
you're from the suburbs. This is because I'm speaking to myself. Right. Just because, like, I, you know, you're from the suburbs doesn't mean that you can't identify with, like, a like a little Dirk or Chief Keith that's, like, talking about, like, you know, just, just going hard or just going, that like, you know, persevering, you know, of, like, of just not giving up. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, I mean, when, when they're talking about, like, of not giving up or, like, of they're having a hard time and, like, they just, they just felt like they wanted to, like, kind of, like, give up. They might be talking about because, you know, they, um, it's hard out on the block, you know what I mean? Right. Or, like, they lost homies and stuff like that. But, I mean, just going back to your identity, like, you know, you might be thinking of, like, I'm thinking of this because I'm in college and, like, this is hard. Like, I don't identify with this. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be here. But, like, you know, you listen to that and you just kind of, like, take that all in and you just, like, Okay, you know what I mean? Like, I can identify with this because, like, this, they're all the way over here, but, you know, that's something that I can relate to. I think that's just, that's that's important, you know what I mean? I don't think that you should just, you know, look at one source of uh, inspiration to mm-hmm. to develop your identity. Um, and, I mean, I think that'll, like, just kind of really help with, like, just, I mean, mental health, your identity formation, just all of it. Yeah, so I mean, just just to go back what you said, I really love what you said about just just you know just take it all like you know you like you're a sponge, you know what I mean? Like because I mean that's that's all what it is when it comes to like hip hop and black, you know, black culture, black you know identity. Like it, it, it's you know we we were very flavorful, you know what I mean? Compared right. to like you know maybe some other cultures and maybe some other races. Like so I mean it's 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 no shame in just you know taking inspiration, taking specs of identities from like all these different types of black people all exactly these, you know what i mean but i think that it's also important to just really kind of like you know sift through it to you know one day that you'll gain that identity that you can call your own right so right and then just never be afraid to be yourself yeah that, that's that's the biggest thing if you if you feel like in your heart like this is what you are like this is what you're passionate about like explore that interest to the fullest yeah. because that will ultimately also help lead you on the path to like discovering your full identity and like i think uh self-discovery is happiness mm-hmm. um so yeah that that's probably the final word i would i would leave on we love it we love it um we still got some time go ahead uh go ahead plug yourself in bro you know what I mean? You never know who's listening. Go ahead, plug everything in. Facts, facts. All right, well, let's see. I guess the the one thing that I'm really doing right now is uh, is Radio's Dead. Um, I kind of, it started as a playlist series. I'm planning on taking it other places in uh, the fourth quarter of 2020 uh, and possibly 2021 as well. But make sure y'all tune in. Uh, it is Radio's Dead underscore on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and I release a playlist every single Monday. Um, so please go follow those pages and, and go tune in. I'll post every Monday. To keep y'all updated on what's going on. Ooh, I'll drink some water. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, Osei, my dog, I appreciate you being here, man. I'm I'm honored, honestly, for you to be my first guest. This, this was a great conversation. I, I enjoyed myself. Mm, nah, <laughs> this is really crazy like i said man my first interview ever so like i really appreciate you and your time for real yeah man no problem no problem so i mean 
yeah, we're going to go ahead and get up out of here, folks. Um, I ain't got no ending slogan, but uh, I'm going to just let y'all know that we um, we about to go out here, celebrate the end of this podcast, yes. you know, episode one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, y'all be easy. All right, y'all? Yep, stay blessed, y'all.